Hello, everyone. This is Jamie DiPolo. I'm the senior editor here at breastcancer.org. And in this podcast, I am delighted to have Diana Dyer as our guest. Diana is a registered dietitian and a multiple-time cancer survivor. She was first diagnosed with breast cancer in 1984 at age 34, and then diagnosed with a second primary breast cancer in 1995 at age 45. She's the author of A Dietitian's Cancer Story and writes the website CancerRD.com, which offers nutrition information for cancer survivors. Diana also is a member of the BreastCancer.org Professional Advisory Board, and she provided many expert insights when we were creating the nutrition section on the BreastCancer.org website. Most recently, Diana and her husband Dick started the Diana Family Organic Farm in 2009 and were USDA Organic Certified in 2014. They plan more than 40 varieties of garlic on the farm, which is located in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And today we're going to talk about something that I know everybody likes to talk about in December, which is eating and nutrition around the holidays. So Diana, welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest. And thanks for having me. That's great. So I know you have talked um, about nutrition with our guests, our visitors before in um, a couple of Ask the, Ask the Expert podcasts, or not podcasts, um, ask the expert online conferences but we thought we'd have you here for a podcast too because as i said this topic is hugely popular with people and it always seems like everyone is doing great on eating healthy and then december comes around and there are parties there are gatherings there are family coming in from out of town and things sometimes go out the window um and so I guess, first of all, since um, we actually have a party to go to this week, um, it, parties usually mean a snack table, which is usually loaded down with stuff that is perhaps not so healthy, depending on who is throwing the party. Do you have any tips for people on how to um, sort of stay healthy and still have fun and not look like you're starving yourself? <laughs> Yes, yeah, this is all about, and thank you, you know, I mean, what a great uh, sort of lead-in setting the stage for what we all are faced with, um, and believe me, it is not just the holidays, how do you, how does one define the holidays, it almost starts with Halloween. Yeah, well, and yeah. It <laughs> keeps going, um, because we're, we live in this food environment in which there is food surrounding us all the time, that we really need to be intentional about eating. And so it is about intentional selection um, as opposed to deprivation. And so I sort of, I think that's my basis. And it is something that I use on a daily basis um, whenever I'm in a food situation where I need, you know, I'm making choices. So if I were walking into a party and I, you know, went to a lovely one yesterday afternoon, um, I first of all, of course, I don't go hungry. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I try to have a little something that's going to take the edge off of um, an actual condition of hunger to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so then, I think it's important, of course, for me and and for all of us to remember it's the people you're meeting that are really the most important that you're socializing with, that you're sharing with, that are actually. Um, more important, more fun is what you're going, at least for me, you know, I'll speak for myself, it's what I'll remember more than the food. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's okay to to not feel that you must please someone else by sampling one of everything. 
So it's um, be selective, really look at that buffet table first, um, make the rounds, just sort of like you make the rounds with the people. <laughs> Don't just dive in and fill up your plate. Be, you know, very selective. And again, I think there's really nothing off limits, but portion control. <laughs> Portion control is really where it's at. So um, savoring your food, not gobbling it, intentionally eating it and enjoying it, um, even remarking on it, talking about it, anything that sort of helps you sort of expand the, the experience. Well, that it brings it brings up a point to me because this happens to me all the time. I'll be at a social gathering and there's a food table and I happen to be talking to somebody and I'm trying to eat mindfully or intentionally, but because I'm talking, I'm talking and kind of mindlessly shoveling, as I'm, which sounds rude, but really I, I am polite and I chew with my mouth closed, but I get kind of caught up in the people and the events and I'm not really paying attention to what I eat. Do you have any tricks or tips like how, how and maybe it's just me but how, <laughs> I get so caught up in talking that I, I'm not paying attention to what I'm eating so actually I think of you or you know describing your situation is far more skilled than I am because if I have a little plate and a napkin and a drink in my head it's like I actually find that I have difficulty eating at all you know ah, maybe that's the key maybe I have to have something in both hands so I can't eat <laughs> And so I do end up actually often thinking, oh, so what happened yesterday is I took um, actually a good deal of what I had left on my little plate that I had chosen intentionally. You know, um, I took it home and shared it with my husband. And so actually I then ended up eating half of what I had intended um, or even thought that I might, you know, at the party. Oh, it was all good. It was all beautiful. A lot of things were like flashbacks from my past that my mother even, you know, has always made for us and things like that. So it was really, it was fun. So. Okay. okay. That's a good idea. I'm, I'm going to fill up both hands and, and yes. <laughs> not my, not my mouth when I'm, when I'm talking to people. Um, now I know I, another sort of trouble spot for a lot of people. Um, we know that drinking alcohol yes. increases the risk of a first time breast cancer, as well as the risk of recurrence. And drinking, if you have maybe a couple drinks, sometimes you can lose your focus on eating mindfully. It makes it much, the desserts look much more attractive when yes. you've had a couple drinks. And, and those portion sizes much smaller than they it, are. Exactly. Yes. Um, yet so many holiday events, and actually almost any social event, always seem to revolve around alcohol. And um, sometimes it's hard for people who are hosting they don't really know what to do with somebody who doesn't drink or, you know, chooses not to, um, you know, they may not have, uh, appropriate mixers or appropriate non-alcoholic things, or they don't have, you know, they have like a special punch and there's only punch glasses. And, um, I remember I was at an event once and I just asked for some seltzer water and the people were so stymied, they just brought it out in a plastic cup. And I thought, well, you know, you could you could put it in a nice glass. <laughs> yes. Um, but are there, you know, are there strategies or tactics that that people can use if they choose not to to drink alcohol around the holidays or really at any social event? So I I I hear everything you're saying, and again, at this party I was at yesterday, 
they had they had made actually a lovely fruit juice punch pear juice and pomegranate juice it was delightful it wasn't too sweet and there was no there was no alcohol in it mm -hmm. so that you could choose to add some or not so that was an option that these hosts you know had already set up um, and so in addition to wine and beer and um, they had some mixed drinks also what I actually like to serve or have available you know at parties is like sparkling water okay. and sometimes you know and I'll add you know beautiful little white wine glasses you know so that it's lovely and festive just even a few frozen raspberries mm -hmm. you know, or something to make it pretty to you know add some um, you know color to it and even of course some extra fruit you know if you actually want to eat those at, sure. at the bottom of your drink um, so there are all kinds of options. There's flavored seltzer waters and sparkling waters. And again, I mean, the, the presentation is everything. And so the plastic cup, unless it was decorated, you know, <laughs> that really sounds like, oh, yes, we were caught off guard, but um, right. it's so easy to make it easy for people. And in addition, there's, um, I would recommend if there are people who are concerned that maybe they'll be in a situation where that's not available for them to bring their own bottle of sparkling water. I mean, people think nothing of bringing a bottle of wine or a six pack of beer to a party. Sure. Bring your own um, something that you can drink that you feel comfortable and happy with. And again, you know, you're offering it to everyone, you mm -hmm. know, too. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good mm -hmm. point. Um, now, do you have um, a favorite mocktail recipe, I have to ask? Well, I mean, it's really so simple, and it's just what I said, and it's not, probably doesn't even come under the category of mocktail, which is <laughs> complicated. But I just love just, you know, like some San Pellegrino sparkling water with just some raspberries in it. Okay. I think there's nothing prettier and um, just nothing that feels better, you know, in my mouth. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure. And like I said, you know, in just a beautiful white wine glass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and now you mentioned this too. A lot of people do advise to eat something before you go out to a party so you don't get tempted by anything that's perhaps not so healthy. Um, do you do the same thing if you're actually invited to a dinner party where you know there's going to be a meal? When I'm invited to a dinner party, I mean, no, I don't eat ahead of time. But what I do do is probably avoid the appetizers. <laughs> yeah, um, everybody overeats at dinner parties. Everybody over prepares food. You know, yeah. I mean, there's just food in abundance for people. And again, it all really goes back to portion control, portion control, and sort of being very selective. Um, I eat everything. I know people are sometimes cautious about inviting me to dinner parties. <laughs> like, like, I put the word out, I'm easy, actually, you know, uh -huh. but I will not have my plate overflowing, you know, and I would never, you know, it would be unusual if I went back for seconds or thirds, you know, I mean, for anything. But, you know, I'll sample little bits of everything because, again, you know, people are serving you out of love mm -hmm. and this it's it's one meal mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's not your whole month or your whole lifestyle you know i mean this is really um food is more than biochemistry mm -hmm. and so here's an occasion where perhaps you know i'm i'm good as i said i'm easy 
Okay. Okay. That's good. Um, I, and I know, and sometimes with families too, um, as you said, food is more than just biochemistry. It becomes almost a, um, what do I want to say? Not, not rudeness, but it's just like, oh, you know, oh, please eat this. I made this all for you. You know, eat it, eat it. It's almost like you're, if you reject the food, you're rejecting the love or the caring. So Uh yeah. So that's some, for me, that's when it gets more tough. It's like, no, really I'm full. I can't eat anything else. But then people just like, oh, really have, you know, more. I made this just for you. No one else likes it. Eat it. (laughs) Well, hopefully you've already had some. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Oh, it was delicious, and maybe you then can offer to take some home. Yeah, I do come <laughs> you know, with, the... with you, and then whether you eat it or not is, you know, only you know. Right, right. A lot of a lot of take home containers. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if someone is undergoing chemotherapy during the holidays, are there any foods that um, should be avoided, or are there any foods that you would recommend to sort of focus on just for for health or uh, healing? Mm-hmm. First of all, every every chemotherapy is different okay. in terms of how people respond, how the uh, typical profile of how the drugs um, interfere with taste or smell or nausea, vomit, I mean, diarrhea, I mean, all kinds of things. So it's very difficult to generalize. Okay. But having said that, if chemotherapy is something that you're not tolerating well for any number of reasons. And um, as I said, there's a broad spectrum in how people tolerate chemo. There's a broad spectrum in terms of what this word means anymore um, in terms of drug drug therapy for a cancer um, diagnosis. But if you are having nutritional side effects that impact your nutritional intake Particularly, I think I would suggest avoiding foods that are your favorite foods. Even though they are your favorite foods of all times or traditional, whatever. Because sometimes you can, your, your brain pairs associations, makes associations. And so it actually may perhaps spoil a favorite food for you for the future. Mm, and so it's... Whatever you can tolerate, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. Um, you know, in that sense, holiday eating isn't different per se for healing purposes, um, for trying to minimize side effects than any other cycle, whether it happens in the holidays or not. But just also, you know, keep in mind that um, there can be this association in your mind between what might happen if you happen to be eating something during a part of your cycle where you are may vomit that that may spoil that food for the future as one of your favorite foods and just put it off wait wait till you're done and then have it again and have it be sort of something you look forward to okay for a celebration when you're done Mm mm-hmm that's a that's a good strategy, yeah. Because you certainly wouldn't want to have your favorite food ruined for you by right. chemotherapy. Okay, yeah. that's a good point. Um, now, I believe you've done this, but I just want to double check. Um, have you taken, um, I guess, sort of traditional holiday foods or family foods that may not be so healthy um, and made them healthier? I'm thinking of particularly like 
fried foods or, or things like that is, you know, have you experimented in that way? Oh, yes. And I think we're doing that um, all year long, you know, with foods as I'm always cooking and thinking about things. First of all, with almost every food, you can reduce the amount of sugar that's okay. in that recipe. And as a general rule of thumb, no matter what it is, um, I cut the sugar in half and see what happens, you know, on that first time through with a recipe. And truly, most times, it's just fine. And it tastes great, too. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, where's the sugar? No, it it still feels and tastes and looks like, you know, just everything that you're expecting. That's the first thing. Um... Our family has all for it to go back to like a thinking specifically holidays and traditions and you know our family our family has always had um, on Christmas Eve a fondue meal and we've actually never done the cheese fondue we've just always done the oil and then um, trying foods in that and and having you know 10 20 sauces to dip them in and uh-huh. you know things like this um, we've now added another fondue pot that is just broth and uh-huh. so we're heating broth like a vegetable broth and then actually sort of like flash steaming, I suppose, you know, um, something, you know, some of our shrimp or our scallops or meats or even, you know, vegetables, uh, things like that. And so we have some options that are lower in fat and we still might have all the sauce, you know, all the sauces that, you know, are fun to dip food into. Mm-hmm. So that has worked fine. And so we're pretty happy with that and put that, that's now part of the the, you know, the, our holiday tradition. Okay. Do you have a chocolate fondue? I have to ask. Um, we don't actually do that. <laughs> okay. And I would say we, this is our one big extravaganza with scallops and shrimp and chicken and beef and, you know, and we cook it all up and then, you know, we're still eating it all a week later or we freeze it and, you know, freeze what we've cooked and, you know, and pull it out at different times, you know, throughout the year. But we really, we, this is done with our children. Now they're adults. We started when they were three and I was still worried actually that, oh gosh, you know, are we going to like tip over this hot pot? You know, it taught our kids learned, um, Food fun and food safety and, in, again, attention, intention, you know, pretty early, you know, with this. And now they're 30 and 31 and 37, and, you know, we're still doing this and still having fun and enjoy the tradition. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, now, I know, I think I read somewhere where you talk about certain dishes that you bring to, say, a potluck holiday party. Uh, because then you'll know you have something to eat. Yes. And um, I believe some of these recipes are on your website, but if you could just share a couple of those dishes with us. Oh, I oh, thank you. You know, as when we were talking about bringing um, your own drinks, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, your sparkling water or juice, whatever you wish, you know, to a party, I was thinking the same thing. Um, everybody thinks it's perfectly normal to bring your own, to bring something, you know, to a potluck dinner or to a buffet. Mm-hmm. So... 
I typically bring uh, like a black bean and rice salad. Um, everybody knows, I mean, well, it's, it's just something I know I'll eat. It's beautiful. You can add red peppers, you know, green peas. I mean, all kinds of things to that. And it's just, it's beautiful, tasty. You know, the dressing makes the salad and it's cold. It's, you don't have to worry very much, you know, about um, foodborne illness, you know, with a dish like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing, I, I make three different kinds of hummus that um, some, well, traditional hummus from chickpeas and then a hummus from carrots and a hummus from roasted beets. And, you know, again, you know, these are beautiful things that you can take. Um, and I make some kale balls, you know, mm-hmm. little, like kale. And, you know, I mean, people can bring sausage balls, but I bring kale balls, sure. you know that are absolutely gorgeous and delicious and um, are fun and they add a lot. People enjoy them. And again, they are things that I feel perfectly comfortable eating. I know the ingredients. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Exactly. And all those recipes are either on my website, um, cancerrd.com, or they're on my blog, um, dianadyer.com. Okay, perfect, perfect. And then finally, I guess before we... um head out what's besides the fondue what's on your holiday um menu this year well you mentioned in the lead off of course that we're a gar- the we started an organic garlic farm so of course there'll be <laughs> garlic in multiple different um dishes there but to be perfectly honest our our big meal for the holidays is the christmas eve with oh, fondue okay. and then on christmas itself we're actually fairly flexible. We're we're uh, this year we'll be doing um, kid transfer. Uh, well, well, my younger son will be over on one part of the state, and just like when they were all in college, you know, it's like his in-laws will be driving them, driving them halfway. We'll be driving up halfway to That's make it. the transfer, that sort of thing. So I we haven't planned that yet. And as far as what our Christmas meal will be. And the other aspect that we now, you know, take into consideration, our family is larger. Both our sons are married and, you know, everybody um, brings new traditions, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, things that they can't eat, can't eat. We have one daughter-in-law who's a vegan Mm -hmm. and with food allergies, uh, you know, on top of that. And so it's like we're... We take everybody's needs into consideration, so we're we're getting kind of down to the wire in terms of planning it. But you know, um, we'll we'll get there. So okay, well that's good to know. And and you know it's interesting too. As you said, your family's larger. You have one family member now who has a particular way of eating, as well as some food allergies. But it doesn't sound like that's going to be any big deal. And I guess if we could leave folks with sort of a a, a take-home message per se it's that it really isn't a big deal you can you can do this you can eat healthy around the holidays and if you have a couple things that maybe aren't so healthy just enjoy them and you know if you're going to eat them eat them intentionally and really enjoy like if it's a piece of chocolate or a piece of pie you know appreciate all the love that went into that by the person who made it and, and you know, and really make that's part of the, the special time of the holidays. Yes. So I think that that's true. And, you know, we, 
we do say a food blessing before we eat, but our, uh, and we have many different ones that we say, but our shortest one that I think encompasses all of them is just, we thank all hands and all hearts who brought us this meal. Every aspect of it, you know, from the seed growers, you know, to the farmers, to the people who got it to the food co-op, you know, sure. Sure. Or, or, and then the people who actually bought that food, made it and brought it and shared it with us. There's, you know, there are a lot of hands and a lot of hearts and a lot of love that goes into that food. And so I think that's the important thing to remember. That that's a, that's a good take home message. I like that, Diana. Thank you so much for joining us, and um, hopefully we'll have you back. I don't know very soon. I always enjoy talking food with you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for the invitation.